0: Souls and welcome or welcome back to the Thoughts That Manifest podcast. I'm your host, Elle, and I am a mindset and manifestation coach who aims to inspire you to awaken your mind to the limitless potential that is within you. I am back today with another episode, and I'm really excited about this episode because I find this topic to just be so important to talk about, and sometimes it's just not talked about enough. And that's all about relationships, how to create healthier relationships with those who you love, whether it be your partner, your friends, family members, co-workers, or even a stranger that you are interacting with. We deal with all different kinds of relationships on the daily, and what I've learned is that relationships are in fact one of our biggest teachers in life. There was a long time where I actually struggled with a lot of the relationships in my own life. From, you know, childhood with the distant relationship that I had with my dad, and I couldn't even be around him without getting into a fight. To, you know, arguing back and forth with my mom, to the struggles between me and my brother, feeling abandoned by my family, then attracting intimate partners who would then reflect all of these childhood wounds back to me, while also being the world's biggest people pleaser, Because I thought that sacrificing my own happiness to keep the peace would actually improve my relationships, but in fact, it did the complete opposite. So if you are looking for some tips on how to handle, you know, conflict in relationships or how to just build healthier relationships in general with people around you and how to get along with people around you, then stay tuned because that's what today's episode is all about. So let's jump into it. All right, so the first tip to creating healthier relationships is to do the inner work. Take off your rose-colored glasses as well. Now, this is hard because as humans, it can be really hard for us to just, you know, take accountability. And oftentimes, we want to blame everyone else for why our relationships aren't working out or why there's so much conflict, right? It's not because of me, it's because of them. They're doing X, Y, and Z to me. But guess what? Most conflict in relationships can be solved by doing the inner work and realizing that we cannot change people. We can only change ourselves. Do you know how many times I've said, oh, maybe they'll change. Maybe one day they won't be doing this to me anymore. Maybe one day they'll finally, you know, realize that they'll do X, Y, and Z instead of me telling them not to do X, Y, and Z. You know what I mean? Like so many times I have tried to stay optimistic and hopeful that maybe they will change. But what I've learned is that This is actually creating illusions within my relationships. It's not fair to me or the other person to create a version of them in my mind that I want them to live up to because it's not our job to live up to others' expectations. It's not our job to live up to other people's expectations, created versions of us. Therefore, it's also not their job to live up to our expectations or created version of self for them. So the number one thing I tell people is to remember that people show us exactly who they are and we have to see them for who they are and take off those rose-colored glasses because hoping that maybe if we nag them enough, they'll change usually doesn't work out. It actually just creates more conflict. So once you allow yourself to see people for who they are and let go of those expectations that you push onto others, you can then decide if this person is someone you still want to share your energy with or if it's time to start setting some boundaries. So let's go back to doing the inner work. What do I mean by that? As I was saying earlier, relationships are our biggest teachers. Oftentimes we attract other people into our life because there are important lessons to be learned through that relationship. And unfortunately, Some of these lessons can be really, really hard, like learning how to love yourself enough to let go of someone who is toxic. So what I would challenge you to do is actually sit with your emotions when you feel triggered by someone in your life. This is something that not many of us do because from a young age, we weren't always taught how to process our emotions. So instead, if someone triggers us, we either, you know, brush it off we store it within, we push it under the rug, or we quickly react. And let me tell you, it is so easy to react and respond to all of our triggers. But the biggest growth comes from realizing that not everything needs a reaction. So instead of reacting when someone triggers you, what if you asked yourself, why? Why am I getting so upset and frustrated by the way that this person is acting? Let's say, for example, you have a friend who is always making plans with you and then canceling last minute. Of course, this can be frustrating, right? But why? Why is it so frustrating? Well, first off, you have this set rule or expectation that if a friend makes plans, they need to commit to those plans. And if they cancel, Maybe you feel frustrated because you feel like this friend isn't valuing you or your time, you know, or you feel frustrated for whatever the case may be. You may also think that as a friend you wouldn't cancel last minute all the time so this person shouldn't either because that's how you would show up in a friendship. Oftentimes we push our expectations of how we would do something onto someone else expecting them to do the same thing. It's that rule and expectation that you've created within your mind that makes it so frustrating. And then you keep thinking, well, maybe this time, you know, this person will actually follow through, hoping that this common occurrence would change, but that's not always the case. So this is where you'd have to see the relationship for what it is. You know this friend will make plans, but can't always commit. So you can either address this in a calm way or have a backup plan just in case and don't allow them canceling to affect your emotional state as intensely as it does. And the thing is, maybe this frustrates you because during your childhood, something happened. For example, this is just one example, right? Your parents maybe were divorced and your dad always made plans to see you but would cancel last minute. So now when a friend does this to you, it's actually triggering your unhealed childhood wounds without even realizing it. Our subconscious attracts people into our lives that will reflect back those wounds to us because it wants to give us an opportunity to become aware and grow. Until you make the unconscious conscious, it's going to control your life. And that is so, so true. So when someone is frustrating you, ask yourself why and go within to do that inner work. And as soon as you let go of those expectations, those invisible rules that you've created in your mind that you're wanting people to live by, and you realize that the only person you can control is yourself, your relationships will improve. Something I've learned over the years is that the relationships in our life are going to reflect back to us the relationship that we have with ourselves. And our reality is just a reflection of how we feel within and a reflection of our belief system. For example, you see someone who maybe is spending their money on really expensive purses and maybe you instantly think, why would you do that? That's such a waste of money or you think that this person is materialistic. But what's actually happening in this moment is that you are judging someone based off of the set of expectations, rules, beliefs that you created in your mind. It reflects back your money beliefs and it could also show to you a side of yourself that you are actually denying. Perhaps your subconscious is actually wishing that you had the money to be able to spend on expensive items or you believe that if you have a lot of money, you should be spending it a specific way. We push our beliefs and expectations on others daily, and sometimes we don't even realize it. But the truth is, we are our own person, and other people don't have to live up to our expectations. They also don't have to have the same beliefs that we do. It's okay if they don't. And actually having different beliefs provides us opportunities for growth. I challenge you to work on going within to do that inner work and first try to strengthen the connection that you have with yourself. Because the relationship that we have with ourselves sets the foundation for the rest of our relationships. I have a podcast episode all about strengthening your connection to self, so be sure to check that out as well. So some questions to ask yourself would be, what expectations do I hold the people in my life to and why? Am I showing up for myself the way that I expect others to show up for me? For example, maybe you want your partner to spend more quality time with you, but ask yourself, how much quality time do you spend with yourself? Are you spending quality time with yourself? If not, how can you start spending quality time with yourself? We have to show up for ourselves the same way we would want others to show up for us. So start there. You want to find so much security within that you are no longer dependent on other people to make you happy because the truth is when you put that much power in another person to be able to control your happiness you are also giving them the power to take your happiness away you want to find that inner security and self-love and that's when your relationships will begin to reflect that back to you all right the next tip is a big one and it's also really common and i'm sure you've heard this all before but communication. How is your communication? Really, how is it? Because I used to think I was great at communicating until I realized that I was still people-pleasing. Sometimes we hold back from communicating our emotions due to some underlying fear, like whether it's fear of rejection, fear of conflict, fear of abandonment. But when you hold your emotions in, and how you feel within, you are actually creating resentment. You begin to resent the other person because now the other person is continuing to maybe do something that makes you upset or bothers you. But because you'd rather keep that within instead of just communicating your feelings, after a while it starts to build up and create that resentment. So now you can't show up in the relationship in a loving way because of how resentful and frustrated you are at your partner. Your partner is not a mind reader. And as much as you think some things you expect your partner to just know and just do for you, they don't always know or think the same way that you do again those expectations we all have them it's hard not to create them but we also all have a different set of expectations so let me give you an example let's say you love having a date night with your partner however you are the one that is always planning the activity perhaps you actually have to plan and take care of a lot of things in your relationship like set up doctor's appointments or set up the bill pay you know You're doing all of these things and you're even having to set up your own dates and vacations. You are always the planner. So this begins to take a toll on you and really frustrate you. But you continue to just keep it to yourself because you are afraid of conflict. You don't want your partner to take it the wrong way, whatever the case may be. Now, I find that the person who is always the planner in a relationship Tends to have some sort of underlying wound connected to having to be responsible uh, at a young age. Whether that's, you know, maybe being the oldest sibling who was always having to help out take care of younger, ki- like the younger siblings, or taking on responsibility at a young age because your parents just weren't there for you as much as you needed them to be. So naturally, you are just a planner and you take on all the responsibilities because it gives you a sense of control. But after a while, it takes a toll on you and you want to be surprised or you want to have fun and not have to worry about every responsibility. But maybe as a child, when you voiced how you were feeling, the adult in your life quickly shut you down, told you that you were overreacting, rejected you in some way, told you that your feelings weren't valid, told you to suck it up. So now here you are in your relationship taking on every responsibility right and being afraid to speak up and now you're unhappy because of it see how it's so important to you know do the inner work recognize where this may stem from and then communicate how you're feeling with your partner because if you don't the resentment is going to build up over time and that has way worse long-term effects i also recommend learning about each other's childhoods and triggers Learn about how you prefer to communicate and deal with conflict. You know, sometimes I want to talk about a conflict right then and there, whereas my partner needs time to decompress and think about the conflict at hand before having the conversation. So when you know about how your partner needs to communicate, you can then compromise. For example, I say to my partner, can we take 15 minutes just to, you know, cool off and then come back and discuss? I also find, too, that certain conversations you can't just spring on to someone because it can further escalate the conflict. Like if I'm frustrated with my partner about something and I bring this to his attention as soon as he walks into the door from work, that's probably not great timing. Instead, before you bring up something that's bothering you, check in with the person. Ask, is now a good time to talk about something that's been on my mind? And you know, if not, no worries, that's when you can then ask when would be a good time. And I was actually having a conversation with my friend about intimacy in relationships and how communication can actually improve your intimacy. But this is such an uncomfortable conversation for so many because they don't want to make their partner feel bad in any way. But what you need to realize is that we all have our intimate preferences. Things that we like and things that we don't like. And if you don't ever speak up about what you like or don't like, how can you expect your partner to know? And now you may not be enjoying intimacy as much as you'd like to. Communication can truly strengthen your intimacy a ton. Some tips I always say is to never bring up what you didn't like right after the intimate moment. I find that it can really set the whole vibe off and make your partner frustrated and feel down about their performance when that's not how you intended it to come across. And if you wanna mention it right in the moment, you can say, I really like that, like I like when you do that, you know what I mean? The best timing I find is when you both are enjoying quality time, you're not stressed out, or in the middle of an intimate moment, where you can just say things like, I love it when you do this, or like, let's talk about what we enjoy in our sex life. You know, bring up what you really enjoy, what your fantasies are. It can be such a sensitive topic to bring up because so many of us are closed off intimately, like emotionally and intimately we're closed off because we were never taught how to talk about things like this, or it was always kind of like that taboo conversation, at least in my life it was. But Having conversations like this can really improve your intimacy. I could talk about communication in relationships forever, but maybe for a future episode, let's move on to the next tip. Create space to be your own person. I find that it is so easy to lose ourselves in relationships because we feel so dependent on our partner to be that happiness for us. You know, some people want to spend more quality time than others, and this has always been something that even my husband and I struggled with in the past. I wanted to spend constant time with him, whereas he needed space to also have his alone time and time to decompress, especially after work. And for the longest time, I could not understand why he didn't want to spend time with me as much as I wanted to spend time with him. And what I realized is that we just have different expectations when it comes to how much quality time is enough. That's where compromising comes into play. Because truly, relationships require a fair amount of compromising from both individuals. I also realized that him needing that alone time actually triggered my rejection wounds from childhood. But as I did the inner work and started spending more quality time with myself, It improved the quality time that we had together. I also had the chance to discover hobbies that I love and enjoy, that I may not have ever discovered if I was constantly spending time with him. And I actually do these hobbies as a career now. So sometimes we attract people into our lives that we need in order to find things and discover things about ourselves. Having your alone time and being your own person, you know, where you have things that you enjoy doing is so beneficial. It's okay to have different hobbies than your partner. In fact, I find it important. Also letting go of that controlling energy where you feel like your partner needs to do everything with you in order to feel, you know, worthy or sometimes even in order to feel safe. Having the space to be your own individual person within your relationship can be a game changer. The next tip I would give to strengthen your relationship would be to never stop getting to know each other. There is truly so much you can learn about a person. You know, heck, we learn something new about ourselves every day too. The more you get to know a person, the healthier your relationship can become. What does your partner enjoy to do? If they could have any job in the world, what would it be? What was their childhood like? Were they taught that being emotionally vulnerable was okay? How was their communication with their parents and siblings? Yeah, some of these questions can bring up unresolved wounds, but knowing how your partner was raised and what kind of relationship they had with their own family can tell a lot about how they handle conflict in your relationship with them also learn about their love language. What's interesting is oftentimes our love language is reflective of what we lacked in childhood. For example, mine is quality time and physical touch. Growing up, my dad wasn't around and when he was, he wanted to be left alone and my mom was always working and when she was home, she was cleaning or doing something and then going to bed. I didn't have that quality time with my family. We didn't, eat as a family. We didn't do things as a family. I come from a broken family. It's just the way that it is. So that's something I really craved in my partnerships. I craved that quality time. And also, you know, my family wasn't very affectionate. We didn't just go around giving warm, loving hugs all the time saying, I love you constantly. My mom was a little bit emotionally detached in that sense. From a young age, I always felt I lacked that affection, that quality time with the ones closest to me. So now, that's something I seek out in my relationships, that's how I want to be loved. When you learn your partner's love language, you can then start showing up in ways that make them feel loved, instead of ways that make you feel loved. Because oftentimes, we show up for other people in ways that make us feel loved, and then wonder why they don't feel loved. Usually it's because we aren't loving them the way they want to be loved. And this is the same for friendships too. You know, sometimes we show up in friendships the way that we think we would want a friend to show up for us, but that's not always necessarily how that friend needs us to show up, right? You know, for one friend, maybe a text shows them that they are loved. Whereas another friend needs an actual phone call and to hear your voice. You also want to try your best to listen more and make the effort. Sometimes it's so easy to get caught up in everyday life that when someone is talking to us, we aren't actually listening or we listen and then do nothing with what we heard. Maybe your partner is talking to you and they say, you know, honestly, work has been exhausting this week. We have a coworker out. I've been having to take on so many extra responsibilities. I'm just so tired all the time. So then maybe you take that, what you heard from your partner, and you think about how you can lighten their load when they get home from work. Instead of maybe they have to, they take out the trash all the time for you. Well, instead, because they're having a tough week, you do it instead. Or maybe they're talking to you about a new game or movie that's releasing that they're really excited about, and you take the time to grab it for them the day that it's released. It's those little habits, those little things that can truly make a difference and make someone feel heard. I also think it's so important to prioritize check-ins or even having like a couple routine. Maybe in the morning you eat breakfast together and you send each other off to work to have a good day and then at night you dedicate time to sit down and catch up and check in. You eat together, whatever it is, whatever little daily routine you can have where you're checking in with each other. Maybe there's a day weekly that you can dedicate to quality time together without your phones or without distractions. And lastly, set boundaries if you need to. Some relationships are hard and not just romantic relationships, but I'm talking about family relationships, co-workers, and even friends. Sometimes once you see the person for who they are, you realize that you need to set boundaries. Like maybe you have a family member who is always bringing up a topic that you don't see eye to eye with and it always ends up in a heated argument. It's okay to set that boundary. You know, you say, listen, I respect that you are very passionate about this topic in your point of view, but we just don't see eye to eye and that's okay. I think it's just best if we don't talk about this moving forward. Or maybe you have someone who is always showing up unannounced to your home You know, you say something like, listen, I really appreciate that you want to see me or maybe they want to see your child. So, you know, I really appreciate you want to see my child. Just make sure you say, I would love for you to come over and see us, but it's important to me that I have at least a day's notice or, you know, however much time you need to know beforehand, set that boundary. Or maybe you have a friend who really confides in you and is always spilling their guts to you and they're always calling you, venting to you, and you really want to be there for them, but sometimes it's too much for you and you need that space. It's okay to set that boundary. Listen, I would really love to be that person for you today to vent to, but mentally, I am not at a place where I can have these deep discussions and I kind of just need today to just decompress. Can we have this conversation a different day? And that's really hard. you know. It's really hard to set those boundaries because it can feel like rejection for the other person, but what you have to realize is that when you set a boundary and someone is upset about it, it's because they are no longer getting access to something that you once gave them so freely. And that can frustrate them, it can confuse them, but that's not on you. It's not your responsibility to control someone else's emotions. That's on them, and most likely, You setting a boundary is actually triggering their own wounds that they need to work through. So you can see how we are just constantly reflecting back to each other the inner work that is needing to take place. Relationships can help us become more self-aware. And the more self-awareness that you have, the healthier your relationships can become. So I think I'm going to end this episode here. I hope you found some of these tips helpful in one way or another. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave a review. It helps the podcast so much. And be sure to share this episode with someone who may need to hear this message. Screenshot, tag me on social media. I am at LDuclose, ell D U C L O S on all platforms. It always makes my day to, you know, hear that my episodes are helping you or to hear that you're listening. So thank you so much for your kind, supportive messages. I truly love receiving them and I love talking with you guys. I'm sending you all of my love until next time.